Um, I just want to read a very short passage to us this morning, and it's in Mark chapter 1, um, verses 16 to 18. Mark 1, 16 to 18. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. It's a very, very short passage, and I just wanted to have a quick look at a few words from that passage. Come, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, I, I don't know, some of you might have seen on Facebook, um, I think there was a post I, I saw once of a child who was given um, an old cassette. Does anybody know what a cassette is? Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, all right then. Okay, so you all know what a cassette is. And these poor kids were given a cassette and they were asked to, they were, they, they were told that it made music and they did everything to make that cassette, not a cassette player, but a cassette, make music. They poked this, they punched that, they pulled that, and of course they put it to their ears, they did all sorts of things and nothing happened. So obviously there is something about the time that uh, uh, an equipment is made and the season for which it is made and the, t- uh, the, the you know, that makes it work. It's, uh, and people just don't recognize it when it's out of context. And I think for many of us, when we read this passage, we don't sometimes get the context of it because we think, why would Jesus just walk by the lake and call two people and say, follow me, and they would. Well, there's a reason why they probably would have thought of doing it in Jesus's time. And that's because rabbis usually had followers. But there was something really strange about this passage because usually rabbis had followers, but people um, applied to be followers of rabbis. Rabbis didn't go around picking people. They would have to nearly do like our own application to university where you'd have to, you know, do a personal statement, submit that, you know, do all sorts of things to be chosen. Um, It was really different that Jesus went after these two. And I think for them, they must have thought that the process of becoming a follower of a rabbi was no longer an option for them because by this time they'd become fishermen. So it felt like that was no longer an option. But Jesus didn't put that barrier for them. He opened the door wide for them that they could still become his followers. And that's what he does for every one of us. There's always an opportunity for us to come and follow Jesus. And it's not a once-for-all thing. The call was made, and we've heard it recorded here, but they kept on following Jesus all their lives. And even after Jesus died and was resurrected, they kept on following Jesus um, after he died and was resurrected. In our mission community, we looked at this passage, and uh, because we have children as part of our community, um, I decided I wanted to make it come to life a little bit for them. So on the day we did this passage, I asked someone as they came into, we usually have, um, we have, a, we have brunch, so we eat together and then we look at the word. So on the day, I'd ask someone if they would not mind being a person who follows someone else. 
So thankfully they said yes. So they walked into our house and I said, would you follow X? So I give them a person to follow. <laughs> and, throughout, and I said to them, the only thing I want to say to you is, you still have to talk to your friends. You still have to eat. So you can't kind of be like a, a stalker who glues themselves to someone. You've got to live normal life, but you've got to follow this person. So all through the morning, you know, things were happening. And every time I looked at them, I thought, they're not following this person because they were as far away from this person as I could imagine. And at a point, I nearly went to them to say, have you forgotten I've asked you to do something? Because they just didn't look like they were following. Anyway, we finished eating. We sat down together to start to look at the word. And so... They were to debrief what it felt like to follow this person. To my amazement, they noticed that they were wearing, this other person was wearing matching socks and, and top. They noticed what this person ate during brunch. They noticed, even when this person was being silly and playing silly games, they noticed this person was doing that. I was amazed that Whilst I had made a judgment that they weren't following, this person was actually doing what they knew to follow this other person. And when we tried to dip in, what was it that helped you follow them? So they said one, uh, three words, uh, CIA, not to be confused with American CIA. So closeness was one of them. And the closeness did not always mean physical proximity. The closeness was second word intentional so wherever this person was in the room they were taking their bearings from this person they were looking at them they were watching what they were doing and then the third was attentive they were attentive to what this person was doing it feels to me that those three are really helpful for us as we seek to follow Jesus are we retaining a closeness to him even when when it doesn't appear that we're physically uh, we have physical proximity to him as others may judge us. Are we retaining that? Are we being intentional in the way that we're following him? We're not, we, we, we're deliberate about what we're doing. And sometimes that's really hard for us to do because other things get in the way. But Jesus wants us to really be intentional in following after him. And that would sometimes mean that we make choices that if we're not being intentional, we wouldn't make. But because we're being intentional, we make certain choices in how we follow after him and that we're attentive to him. So I, uh, it was interesting that when they talked about all the things they noticed about this person, not most of the people in the room hadn't noticed those things, but they had because they were being followers, they were they were following, so they'd notice these things. And the only other people who maybe sometimes noticed some of what they said were the people who were closest to this person, like members of their family noticed. Oh, yeah, yeah, we noticed that they had, you know, matching clothes. We noticed this. But other people in the main didn't notice because they were not following. I think it's really important for us, therefore, as we choose to follow Jesus, not to necessarily be defined by what others see as following him, because other people may judge us and say, are you really following? Because we're looking at you, you don't look like you're following. But actually, the fruit of our lives will tell whether or not we're following. Does that make sense? It's not what other people think. 
It's what we choose to do to follow Jesus, but the fruit of that following will show that we're really following Jesus. Because you cannot be close to him, you cannot be intentionally following him, you cannot be attentive to him without the fruit that comes from following after him. As we're worshipping this morning, I felt that there was something that came out of the worship, which was to do with trusting God. So when these guys left everything and followed Jesus, um, I think there was something about their following that didn't feel like it was really what Jesus meant when he asked them to follow him. So it was very, during the context, so back again to the cassette and putting your cassette to the ear, thinking it'll play music without a cassette player. Um, in those, at that time when Jesus was alive, we know that um, the Romans had occupied Palestine at that time. And what it meant was, unfortunately, the people of God weren't able to live the way God wanted them to live because they were being ruled by um, a, a government that was totally, in their, in their view, godless and followed after other gods. And they were imposing that on God's people as well. So it was really hard for them to live as covenant people of God during that time. So what it meant for them was that some of them would have thought that Jesus as a Messiah was not a Messiah to bring God's rule in the way that we now, with hindsight, can see. They would have thought it was to bring God's rule in terms of overthrowing the Romans and giving them their land back so that they could really worship God as God intended them to worship him. And it's interesting that that particular view of who the Messiah was would have colored and did color from the story, we, from when we read the story and some of the conversations that the disciples had with Jesus, we could really tell that what they wanted was not always what Jesus had in mind. So even after Jesus resurrected, uh, from the, uh, was raised from the dead, they said, when you come again, does that mean that's when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? So even at that point, even after having seen Jesus's death and resurrection and, and all that meant, they still had that thing of, oh, this is not, you know, what Jesus really came for is to restore the kingdom in the way we think. And I think for us, we need to think about following Jesus and are we following him on our terms? Are we following on his terms for us? Are we following because we want him to show us what the kingdom of God is like and we want to follow that? Are we following because we want something that is not necessarily what he wants for us. And I think that's another thing that we need to kind of think about as we think of following Jesus. And Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. He wants us to follow him. Not follow what we think he is or who he thinks he is, but follow him. And how do we know who he is? We know it by getting to grips with what the word of God says. And making time, you know, we talked about intentionality. We need to be intentional about if I really want to be a follower of Jesus, I need to know the basis on which he's inviting me. And that means getting to know the Gospels, for example. Getting to know the letters um, that were written. Getting to know the book of Acts and the excitement of what it meant to follow Jesus, even after he was no longer here on earth. Because those are the things that show us his own terms of what it means to follow him as opposed to our terms of how we want to follow him.
Finally, Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. And I guess for me, what came out of that was that there is, Jesus has um, this thing about forming us. It is a formation. It's not, you know, a snap thing. Oh, you become a Christian, then, you know, you're like whatever it is that you imagine being a Christian is like. It's actually a formation process. I will make you fishers of men. So we are in the process of being made into his image. We know that because the Bible tells us that. But I think what it also helped me think about is as we follow Jesus, there is something about what he is forming in each one of us that is different. He said to um, Simon and Andrew, I will make you fishers of men. But when he called Levi, Matthew, he didn't say that to him. He, he, He didn't say the same thing to each of the disciples that he invited to follow him. So what is it that Jesus has said to you in his call for you to follow him? And what is he saying to you right now as you're following him? It'll be different to what he's saying to someone else, but then he's forming you into that. And I think it's not just for us, but as we lead people, whoever it is that God's called us to lead, we need to be discerning or helping them discern what God is saying or as we um, lead members of our family, like our children. One of the th- things I and I used to do when our kids were much younger, we used to take time out nearly, I think we aimed for every six months, just to sit down together and think about our kids. You know, what's God saying in the, to this person? What do we think God's forming in this child's life right now? And how can we help the process of what God is doing in their lives. So God is doing the same for us, but he's doing the same in our children's lives. He's doing the same in the lives of the people he's called us to, to lead. How are we allowing him to form, to form us into what he wants to form us into and how we're allowing, how we cooperating with him to form the people that God's called us to lead or our children into whom he wants them to be. So I guess for me, this passage, although it's really short, seems really loaded in terms of how we live, not just today, but how we live on an ongoing basis following our Saviour. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that we have heard your call to follow. We're so grateful that we've heard that call. And we know there's so many people on this earth who haven't heard the call to follow you yet, who haven't heard the good news of Jesus. But thank you that we've heard that good news and and we've said yes to following you. Lord, would you help us to follow you faithfully? Would you help us to follow you closely, intentionally and attentively? And Lord, we ask that as you form us and shape us into who you want us to be, help us to yield to you and help us to be people who align and help other people be who Jesus wants them to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.